Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm very excited for this week's episode. It's me and my wife. This is the first time my wife has come on the show. I do want to apologize in advance. There was a couple issues here and there where my mic just seemed to be cutting out. And I know that's annoying from time to time. I'm looking at getting on a new platform and fixing those issues. But in the meantime, I did want to apologize in advance before this episode airs. But I really like this episode. My wife is an incredible, incredible person. And having her on the show just to talk about our top five scary movies was very special. Now, on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Geeky Dads Talk About Geeky Things. I'm JJ Johnson, and joining me tonight is a very, very special guest for me, and that is none other than my incredible wife, Ashley Johnson. Ashley, tell everybody hi. Hi. Okay, so our family's kind of into Halloween. We love Halloween, so we love dressing up, going trick-or-treating, doing all the fun Halloween stuff, and that includes scary movies. I love scary movies. I've grown up watching scary movies, and Ashley is also a fan of some Halloween movies as well. So what we're going to talk about tonight is our top five scary movies or Halloween movies, somewhere along that line. So, uh, Ashley, you have yours ready? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a dumb question yeah like you told me to get them ready so i did yeah no, no. <laughs> i do that i tend to say things and then say it again and say it. yeah you do all right so let's just start at the top and just go down these are in no particular order everybody and if you have a favorite scary movie halloween show whatever just let us know and We'll see if it compares with our list as well. So why don't you kick us off at your with your number five, and we'll just go five, four, three, two, one, and, you know, we'll get to the end. So what do you have as number five? Um, I just put a list of five. I don't know if it's, like, number five. Um, I put, um, obviously, Halloween. All right, so you have John Carpenter's Halloween. I assume that's the very first Halloween, right? Yes. All right, so what do you What do you like about that Halloween in particular? Um, I think the simplicity of just it can really be kind of chilling without being over dramatic. The music is really scary. It's probably the scariest thing about it, and just the simplistic Halloween mask that he wears. There's nothing fancy about it. It's just kind of simplistically scary. And so he doesn't run. He doesn't do crazy tricks. He just slowly stalks his prey. Um, it's just so basic. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the very opening of Halloween where it's just that pumpkin, the jack-o'-lantern, is just yeah. fading in on that. That, to me, is one of the scariest openings uh and you know, it's cinema, in my opinion. I think that's just terrifying just to sit there and watch that. It just kind of touches on how this show is going to be. All right. But so it also it also highlights like how integral like music is to 
setting the stage for what you're trying to evoke from your audience because without the music the pumpkin wouldn't be scary and uh neither would half of the parts in the show like if you put a happy-go-lucky halloween tune to that pumpkin it you would think it was a comedy or something fading in yeah i have to agree with that i think i think the music makes a lot of this franchise in general so all right my number five is one that a lot of people probably aren't going to like, and that's 1987. That is The Monster Squad. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what The Monster Squad is? No. I swear I showed you The Monster Squad one time, and you hated it. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't, like, as you're saying it, I don't feel like I've seen it, but maybe as you talk about it, I'll remember. Okay, it's one of those films that's kind of like Season of the Witch, Halloween 3. It bombed bombed at the box office, but it has like this little cult following and everybody loves it. So basically the premise is you get these kids in this small town and they are fans of classic monster men, which is just cool. And they call themselves the Monster Squad. And all of a sudden, Dracula shows up along with Wolfman, Gilman, uh, Frankenstein's monsters in it. And he's Dracula is in search of this amulet. And these kids have this like old diary from an old monster hon- hunter like Van Helmsley or something like that. And, but it's written in German. So they have to find this creepy old German guy to translate it for him. And he actually ends up being like this sweet old man. And it's basically just these kids <laughs> battling you know, Dracula and, you know, all these monsters, the mummy and everything in this small town. It is cheesy. It is one of those movies that, like, 80s kids, like, love. Is it like a kid's movie? Uh, Oh, no, there's definitely. It's like Goonies. It's like Goonies uh, in the fact that it's it's kids who are the the heroes of the story, but there's there's cussing in it, just kind of like Goonies. (laughs) It's kids who are the heroes, but it's not appropriate for children. That's correct. That's correct. We'll go with that. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen that. All right. Well, that is my number five. It is the Monster Squad. So a lot of people might not agree with me on that, but I'm, I'm sticking with it on this list. All right. What's your fourth one? Okay. You want my number four? Yep. Okay. Number four in no particular order, even though we're ordering them by number, is the birds. Um, I wouldn't classify this as like traditionally scary because I don't think it's that scary, but it is something I watch every October. And I think that what makes it scary is kind of the people's reactions to um, the kind of disaster that's ensuing. And also (laughs) the what if of like, what if birds really did start attacking? Like that kind of makes it slightly scary. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, and how many times have we like driven up to an intersection and just kind of around and seen all Okay. That's kind of freaky because birds in and of themselves can be a little freaky because they can be a little erratic at times. And no one trusts birds. No oh. one trusts birds. Especially black, these like these ravens, 
things like that. Those are like the creepy ones. And Birds are the worst. So I agree. And I think this is one of Alfred Hitchcock taking a what if outlandish scenario and sort of making the terror not so much about the birds, but about the people in you know, and the way they react in their reaction. Um, it yeah, it wasn't me- quite as trippy as like the mist and how those people kind of went nutty, but um, it was a more tame version. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of not responding well to a tragedy or in some people's case they didn't realize they were having a, tr- a like a disaster at the moment they were in denial so that's funny i was about to up the miss because one year on thanksgiving i you know, we used to go to a movie every year Ugh. my mom and ashley to see the mist and you know, they hated it and i loved it so. listen it was a situation where we were unknowingly trusting of you like you literally was like, oh, this is a great, great book. It'll be a great movie. And we thought it would be kind of spooky. We didn't think it would be like gut-wrenchingly like make you feel ill because of the things that happened in it. Like, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let me shoot my child in front of you. Like, not good. You're downplaying how awful it was. It was a tragic experience. Let's just say I got a lecture all the way back to the house. Not from me either. That was from your mother. <laughs> but you you were never allowed to pick the movie again. No, I was not. <laughs> because we always say, remember the mist. Yeah. It's true. And uh, unfortunately, I will never live that down. So. No. All right. Number four for me is a movie that came out when I was in high school. I got a great story about this, but I'm not going to tell that story on this uh, podcast because that's for a different so, uh, episode for a different time. And that is the incredible Wes Craven. And that is Scream, the original one, the very first one. Mm-hmm. I love Wes Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street, all the things he did. He's like, you know, when you think of suspense and scary movies, it sort of starts off with Hitchcock and the Carpenter. And then I think Wes Craven kind of took it over there for quite a while. This I mean, this thing was packed with stars. I mean, you had Drew Barrymore. You had Courtney. She was in the movie for like five minutes. I know. And that was funny because you didn't expect her to die right off the, off the bat like that. You had Courtney Cox. Um, you had Nave Campbell. You had Skeet. I'm a big Skeet fan. Uh, this movie kind of, it mocked the slasher flicks, the early 70s and early, early late 70s and early 80s. But at the same time, it relaunched that entire genre. And it kind of brought into this new idea of, of teens in a small town. Usually the slasher fix for teens going someplace like to Camp Crystal Lake or a campground or a cabin in the woods. Well, that's not true. Halloween took t- place in a small town. That is true. Halloween did take place in a small town. But outside of that franchise, this was kind of... The high, this idea of high school isn't a safe place, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because well, Carrie definitely made sure high school wasn't a safe place. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this came out my senior year in high school. Uh, when did you watch Scream? I watched, I was probably 15 or 16 when I watched it. And I didn't watch it in the theaters, but I did watch it with a group of friends. And um, a person that was watching it with us decided it would be funny to go to the car and put on a scream costume and throw himself at the window outside my living room. 
while we were watching the movie. And it wasn't funny. It's still not funny to this day. I probably would attack anyone who walked up to me wearing that costume. And let's just be clear. You lived way out in the country. Here. Yeah. Like pitch dark outside. No one believed in like lights outside to like ward off burglars. It was like dark and it was dark in the living room because we were watching the movie and I was kind of like, you know, dipping my toe in the horror movie pond, like hadn't watched a lot of them. So it was very scary to me as a 16 year old. And like, let's be honest, how many of us like prank called people after that? Do you want to, do you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah. It's Finding the voice box became like the thing to do. Yeah. I think they had them at all like the novelty stores and people would get the, the, the garbled voice mixer thing. And it just was a, it was a bad time for pranks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it was a good, it was a good movie. Oh, David Arquette. He was also in this one too. The Deputy Dewey. So. Um, all right. What do you have as your number? Since we're not going in order. <laughs> you keep numbering them and then saying we're not going in order. <laughs> uh, this is our different personality types. Um, yeah. What do I have? My list, my list is not with me. So I'm trying to remember what I put down. Um, oh, the one that I just watched recently, I'm adding to my list, courtesy of Natalie Walters, who recommended The Bad Seed to me. Um, it's like a 1956, the 1956 version, not anything newer. I can't vouch for that. Truly chilling, terrifying, but also very, very good. Like, just when you think like you have seen it all the movie's not over and it keeps going. Yeah. Now full confession, everybody Ashley recommended this to me. I started really late at night and I got about halfway through it. I need to go back and like rent it again and rewatch it probably when I'm not tired, but I can say this, the, the parts I did see before I turned it off because it was like 1130 at night were truly chilling because it was a slow slow build yes and there's so much like suspicion surrounding like it's basically like setting up is this is this child that's in the movie like a murderer um and you you have a lot of suspicion because you could say no i don't think she did it i think maybe this could be explained but you don't really know until things are revealed to you in the film, which way it's going to go. And then it gets really crazy. So um, it's definitely worth the watch, like right up there with a Hitchcock, in my opinion, Natalie was not wrong. It was a good recommendation. All right. And Natalie is a good suspense author herself. So we're big to check out. Natalie. Yeah. She knows how to bring the, the, the thrills. All right. My number three is it the tv version you don't like the tv version i don't like any version if i was going to watch one the tv version would be preferable because they do try to play more towards the kind of eerie suspense rather than the gore factor 
but I just don't think it's scary. I think it's, I think it, it's too weird. I, I don't, it doesn't scare me because it's, it's too much on the weird side. Now this was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. He also did season of the witch, which in itself is extremely weird, but are you going to tell everyone that you like made me watch this? And like built it up as to how scary it was because it terrified you when you were younger. And then when we watched it together, you openly admitted after I was like, what is this? You were like, yeah, I remember it was scarier. All right. So it, it, it <laughs> as a kid, it scared me. It was 1990. Now, Why are you watching that as a kid? That's negligent parenting. Well, mom, if you're listening, that is probably true. But uh, I was watching like Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like 10 and 11 years old. So, oh my word. Oh, well, I mean, you know, that was, that was a latchkey kid, you know? Parents didn't really pay attention sometimes at that time. <laughs> but this thing aired on ABC. What? They aired that on like primetime television? Yes, and get this. It had- <laughs> It had over 30 million people tune in to watch it. Why? <laughs> because it was Tim Curry walking around as Pennywise. Why not? I mean, it is spooky. I'm not saying it, it doesn't have some scare factor to it. But I feel like for me, the weird overtook the scary because... Um, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And the clown is scary yes like the he's weird and crazy and so that part is scary but there's so much weird stuff going on and it's just perfectly Stephen King to do that that you almost get lost in the weird I I will admit that now I read the book as like a 14 15 year old kid and it's a thousand page book I haven't I don't remember the last time I actually read it though but it's a scary book I thought it was a scary book um Obviously, Pet Cemetery is the scariest Stephen King. Ugh, worst movie ever made. Yeah. All yeah. I can see in my mind is the balloon and the bouncing shoe. Ugh. <laughs> Terrible. Was it a balloon or was it a kite? Uh, I know there's a red balloon in, in it. I, uh, yeah. I, Maybe it was. Uh, he chased something into the road, though, right? Yeah, and I can't remember what it was. I don't know. The shoe bounced. That's all I know. And I was like, oh, gosh, this isn't for me. I turned yeah. it off. And and now as a parent, I don't even, I can't watch it. It gives me anxiety. So. Well, I've never finished Children of the Corn. Oh, no. Children. And I'll never look at a meat slicer the same way. I was slicing meat today at work. And I was like, oh, Children of the Corn. <laughs> uh, this is our life, by the way, people. <laughs> It is. All right. What do you have as your next one? Um, okay. To follow up this horrific part that we just finished with, um, because you took my favorite, I'm going to say The Shining, which uh, I thought you would pick, but you didn't. So someone had to mention it. But I am going to put a disclaimer and maybe this is too much, but I'm like, minus the weird bathtub scene. I am not pro that. I am not a fan of that. 
it is weird. And when I watched the movie the first time, it was like a TV version and it did not have that. When I watched it later on DVD, I was like, what in the world? So yeah, just know that I'm not pro the weird yucky scene. Yeah. Now this is the Stanley Kubrick did this and some people who are fans of Stephen King don't like it. Some people that do. I don't mind it. I love it actually because I think it just slowly, slowly shows him going mad. I think that's what it really does well. Um, yeah. Book it was a little different, but in the movie, I think Nat Jack Nicholson really nailed a, a character that was really just kind of dealing with a lot of a lot of demons in a way. Part of that was his anger. Part of that was his failure. Uh, I think there's a lot of complexity to this character. Do you think? I kind of think he just had cabin fever. Like, let's talk about COVID and how crazy everyone felt being trapped in their house. You can see it. You can see chasing someone out to a hedge maze. Because first of all, he was out of the house at that point. Even if he was freezing to death, he got out of the house. Yeah, and I think what the cabin fever did is is it really took those 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 I guess you could say the the monster inside of him and allowed it to come out easier because and I think that's what you see when you look think of things like uh, COVID and some of the extreme lockdowns. Um, not to get in a political debate here, but just how the mental health issue that that kind of went along with that at times, and you know how being isolated. And I think that's I think that's the scariest part of this story, is just the fact that they're isolated. There's nobody coming, uh, you know, that can really get up there to help them in an emergency. So, um, so yeah, I think The Shining is a great choice. It's a great film. It was uh, it was kind of one of those I wanted to put on my list, but you know, I, the other two uh, kind of won out. Yeah. All right, my second my. Number two for me is none other than Psycho. You stole mine, but sure. Um, all right, I, I love this because, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, and this was, this was kind of a shock for audiences because, you know, most people up until this point, he had kind of gone down that road with uh, – uh, Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant, Doris Day, and was doing things like North by Northwest, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Rear Window, which is a great film. And I don't, when you when you watch this film, he kind of does a bait and switch with you uh, about midway through the story because you really don't meet, meet the antagonist until like almost 40 minutes in. And the entire story is really about her taking this money, heading out, and then everybody looking for her, from the private eye to her sister. Uh, I guess the guy was her, either her boyfriend or husband. I can't remember. And they're it's all- blasphemy that you choose it as your favorite, but you don't know. <laughs> it was the guy she was seeing. Yes. They were having like a, a secret kind of affair. Right. So and she was trying to get enough money. That's why she stole it. So they could like make a life outside of, you know, their, their real life. Basically they, they were going to start, she wanted to start 
over with him. Yeah, but was... that's not how it went down. She went. She took a trip to the lake, trip to the pond. She did, and what <laughs> Hitchcock did is he started out with this idea of, "Hey, this is going to be like this sort of thriller where we're like a private eye story," and then all of a sudden you get to the hotel and you realize you're kind of watching you're watching a slasher flick and you don't even realize it. And then as the story progresses, you realize it's really not a slasher flick. It's kind of a psychological slasher story um, of suspense when you meet Norman and then you start to realize exactly what's going on here, which is yeah. utterly creepy. And Hitchcock pulls it off. A lot of people who were fans of Hitchcock's didn't like the movie, but it gained traction and he started pulling in a newer, younger audience uh, that was ready for something different. So it ends up being one of his best films ever. So, I mean, I go. Yeah, it's kind of a classic. I feel like, and the good thing about Hitchcock's and actually older classic movies are there's not so much for me like gory like bloody like yucky stuff that you can't enjoy the suspense of it because to me sometimes movies that are newer it's too much i i can't enjoy the movie because it's just too much yucky stuff so i'd rather be psychologically thrilled than deal with gore yeah because when you think about the famous shower scene you don't, you see the drain and the blood in the drain going down the drain. That's it. That's the only gore you see. And that's not yeah. even. So um, I think, I think what Hitchcock shows is that you can show suspense and make the audience, you know, terrified or scared or suspenseful without delving into the unnecessary gore that we sort of get with a lot of films today. And yeah. I think he's a map. Yeah. All right. What's your last one? I really honestly can't decide between rope and rear window. So they're both Hitchcock. Um, I think rope is actually really scary. Um, I think rear window is scary in its own way, but, um, and I love rear window. So maybe it has to be that, but, Rope needs to be talked about because it's Jimmy Stewart. It's all in one room. Um, it's just, it's so interesting to see how he basically solves a murder in the course of a dinner party without much to go on, but it's brilliant. Yeah. And this is one of those films uh, and we can talk about both of them. Um, Rope, was shot all in one shot. That's yeah. that's key. It's all one shot. It takes place in a single room without any other only one camera angle. And the body's in the room the whole time. Yes, the body's in the room. There's no cut because this was actually a play um when it when it first came out and Hitchcock adapted it to to a film, but he kept the elements of just one live shot this entire time. Uh, Jimmy Stewart is hands down one of my favorite actors of all time. I absolutely love him. 
and he did so many great Hitchcock films. And he was absolutely brilliant in this, the way he deducted and, and thought through things and the way, you know, you don't realize the body's in the room. That, well, yeah. the- I mean, you do realize it because he they say that at the beginning, but. Yeah. I just think the thing that's brilliant about it is like, you don't even realize you're slowly being kind of terrified while it's happening. And then you're like, oh, wow, this is this is spooky. Yeah. And- this is one of those things there's no gore it's just good yeah whole way through it so and then of course rear window another jimmy stewart um and this movie ideas and, and this this plot has been taken uh there was disturbia that came out you know yeah and you know it's just a classic story of just society and how we watch the people around us and we start to develop a suspicion and maybe yeah. not not correct. Neighbors do heck we do it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> we look at our neighbors down the street and like, what do you think? <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's one of those where the suspense just continues to build and to build and to build. And nobody believes him. Nobody believes yeah, him. Yeah, nobody believes him. So uh, yeah, I think both of those are great. And I think they both deserve uh, to be on a list, no matter way you, any way you look at it. So, all right. Uh, my last one is probably the geekiest fun one. And that is, of course, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, uh, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson. I mean, this thing's a Gorney Weaver. Uh, this thing is just packed. I mean, it has some of the best uh, lines, some of the best memorable moments uh, from, you know, Slimer in the hotel to, you know, are you a god and a stay puff marshmallow man. And, you know, it's just, it's just a fun play. It's got, it's obviously it's funny. It's got a lot of comedic moments and, you know, kids everywhere and it's gotten a resurgent we watched the new one with kids and yeah it wasn't as good but it was cool at the end to see all the classic you know ghostbuster team come back and stuff that was cool just to see the nostalgic but yeah ghostbusters is just fun and of course it's got one of the best theme songs ever so um our kids love it and you know getting them to watch 80s movies sometimes is, is rather difficult but they love ghostbusters we weren't allowed to watch Ghostbusters as kids, so I didn't see it till I was probably an adult. Yeah, that's long and corrupted you all. So, uh, <laughs> um, which is probably true. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, you, I mean, yeah. When was when was the first time you saw Ghostbusters? Honestly, I think it was probably like when I was in college or afterwards, I, and I'm, I guarantee it was during Halloween season when they play like reruns on AMC or whatever, you know, it was probably just on TV. I don't remember it being a big monumental moment, but, um, I had never seen it as a kid. So I feel like sometimes you have to be (laughs) there for the moment of it when it happens, or you just don't get it. 
really. And I, I mean, I, I see the nostalgia behind Ghostbusters, but I don't have any like, you know, attachment to it because I didn't watch it as a kid. So to me, it's just, you know, a funny movie. That makes sense. Of course, a lot of people are probably going to kick us because we didn't mention it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, but um, that's not a scary movie. Not really a scary movie, but it is a Halloween movie. So, all right. Well, is there, yeah. is there any other scary movies you want to toss out there before we get off of here? I mean, I'm a big Hitchcock fan, so I feel like those are always my go-to. But I think um, I was trying to think of any from the Halloween like franchise. I mean, I think Halloween 4 is probably the best one after the first one. Okay, the one with the little girl, Jamie? Yeah, the one with Jamie. Yeah, I, I like that. I think there hadn't been a Halloween for a while, and Halloween 3 departed from Michael Myers' storyline. So when that came out, it was kind of like, oh, another Michael Myers film. So um, I think for me, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen um, is probably Stranger. Um, is what? Stranger. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, that one kind of creeped me out because it's kind of one of those things where these, this couple's staying in the cabin and all of a sudden there's a lot of weird things happening outside and these people wearing like potato sacks and with eyes cut out and just kind of stalking them out in the middle of the woods. And to me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this could happen because there's nothing super. I, okay, but like <laughs> there's so many ways that that could have been alleviated. Like, seriously. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, how are you going to let someone with a potato sack over their head murder you? Well, not just one person. There's like four or five people. Well, I mean, how many bullets are in your gun? I don't think they had a gun. Well, mistake number one. Why would you go out to the woods without some form of protection? Uh, that is true. And if Josh Smith is listening to you to this, he's probably not just had an agreement. So I just think like. If you're going to be in a horror movie, you need to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably I run in upstairs for, I would, let's just be honest. I'd probably be the guy that gets killed off right at the beginning. So. You would go outside to check on the noise and they would out you. Most likely. Most likely. For, for sure. Although, I don't know. Sometimes you don't like peek out the window. It has to be me that doesn't. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can see how it would be scary to like look out and see someone with potato sack. But at that point, I'm calling the authorities or taking care of it myself one way or another. <laughs> All right. So what's your, if you had to pick your favorite Hitchcock film, what would it be? Um, I like so many of them. I don't know. I think The Man Who Knew Too Much is good and also Dial in for Murder. Oh, yeah. Um, is Suspicion a Hitchcock? Uh, I, well, I, uh, with Cary Grant, that one's also really good. Yeah, I don't remember if that's uh, Hitchcock or not. Uh, well, what the Strangers on Train? In theory, but I do feel like that one's a little more on the boring side. 
Yeah, I think it took up a lot of uh, time to really build up to the to the main point of the show. And um, but I mean, that, it was scary that they were just kind of like willing to commit someone else's murder. Yes, that is, that's the and uh, if if they had stuck with the plan, it wouldn't have gone south. Yeah. If you're gonna like get into a bargaining bet with someone to murder, like you have to make sure that the person is solid, solidly crazy. They're not gonna like crack on you. Uh, it's kind of scares me that you think about this. Stuff. I mean, I'm always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for all you listeners out there, my wife takes great pleasure in roasting me, so <laughs> this is just how we are. So don't take it personal. <laughs> personal? Why should they take it personal? Uh, I don't take it personal. So. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the one, what was the Hitchcock film where he, Vertigo, yeah. Is that, eh. that one went, I didn't like that one. That one and Frenzy kind of was like, eh, I didn't care for those. My sister says that Lifeboat is also good, but I haven't seen that one. I don't recall that one. I don't think I've seen that either. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention, like, in general, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Those seem like classics from your era. Friday the 13th. Did they come out in the 70s? I wasn't born then, so I don't know. Yeah, they. I think they... Can't remember when the first one came out, um, but it, it did start in the seventies because nineteen eighty two was Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. That was a really good one. Friday the Thirteenth, after probably Part Seven, I felt like kind of got it just kind of went off the rails. And as far as uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I love the first three. I think it's the first three, and of course, you know the, the Dream Warriors one, uh, part three, and I'm probably butchering that title. That was probably one of the more popular ones. But uh, some about, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, all those were just classic. Poltergeist is another one. Do you ever watch? Yeah, I've seen Poltergeist it, and the original Exorcist. Oh, Exorcist. I mean, when she goes, comes down the hill stairs and the spider walk you're just like what the heck i mean um yeah uh what was the uh amityville horror Have you ever watched that one mm, i don't know i, I watched the texas chainsaw massacre yeah 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 texas chainsaw leatherface and all of the saw movies not all of them because they started coming out with a lot of them but i watched at least two yeah, I watched the first. I liked the first two. After that, I didn't really get into them. Did you ever watch Seven? Oh, my gosh, Seven. Right? Yeah, you get to the end, and you're just like, you don't, you just don't, you, you're shocked. You're just, like, blown away. And you just, you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm just disturbed. Yeah, or The Bone Collector. That one was very scary as well. Oh. I've never taken a cab, thanks to The Bone Collector. He's not going to collect my bones. Uh, our... They could do an updated version and call it Uber. <laughs> uh, folks, our marriage is not that creepy, <laughs> by the way. 
You actually do watch Hallmark movies from time to time. Yeah, but you got to wait till Christmas for that. Although they do have a Movies and Mysteries channel. Yeah. All right, everybody. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been Ashley and JJ, and this has been Geeky Dads talking about geeky things. Thanks for listening.